Welcome to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. So over a month ago, I had a great show that focused on whether or not drill rap, a subgenre of hip hop that became popular in the early 2010s in Chicago, perpetuates or rather Yes, per- perpetuates violence in the black community. Well, it was such a good debate that I decided to continue that conversation, people. So what is drill rap music? And could it be one of the causes of increasing crime rates in our communities? The business of being black is drill music. And stay tuned because Fox Soul presents the January 6th committee hearings prime time right after this show. Please welcome back the CEO of One Hood Media, Jasiri X. Hey, Jasiri X. Peace. Good to be back. And joining this discussion, the founder of Mass Exodus Movement, Keisha King, is back with us. Hi, Keisha. Hi. <laughs> and multimedia entrepreneur and publicist, Living Good Living. Hi, Living Good Living. Hey, thank you for having me on today. Thank you for being here. Let's talk about drill music and what it is first. Just X. So, I mean, I think that's, uh, to me, uh, drill music, just like hip-hop music, is our artists talking about the reality in which they come from, the neighborhoods they come from, and the reality uh, that they're experiencing every day. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I always talk about when folks talk about drill music. I remember when, you know, at one time, like, Chief Keef was looked at as, like, the like almost like public enemy number one in Chicago, I would always say, you know, at, at Chief Keefe at 16 did not create the conditions that he grew up in. You know what I'm saying? He did not create those conditions. He was a product of those conditions. And so I think it becomes, to me, disheartening in a way when we start to like actually attack the young people that are, you know, you know, speaking on the conditions that they did not create. And we're not working collectively to actually change the conditions in our community, whether they be socioeconomic, whether they be the schools in our community, whether they be, you know, how our communities are policed. Keisha, why should Black people care if drill music is perpetuating some type of uh, extreme violence in our community? Uh, So when I listen to drill music, or when I've heard drill music, I should say, because I don't listen to it, um, it's not just that they are talking about stories, like reminiscing from stories. They are talking, some of them are talking about actual crimes that have been committed or plotting to do crimes in the future. And I'm not saying that's every single song, but it's certainly apparent in some of these songs. And so I think it's important because we already have uh, high murder rates, high homicide rates in Black communities uh, across the country. And so when we have music that is stuck in children's ears, uh, there I used to be in the music industry. There's a reason why you create a hook because you you are trying to get that song stuck inside of someone's head. I mean, that's what you're trying to do. And unlike uh, movies and things like that, when you listen to music, you can be singing a song and music and not even really realize that you're singing it. And we all know that these things can come into your spirit. They can come into, you know, your, your, your consciousness and you start to do things that you may not have done. You start to think about things that you would normally not have thought about. And so I think it's very important that we make sure that we are, you know, taking, being mindful of what we are putting out into the community, especially when we already have high uh, homicide rates in Black communities. Yeah, living good living, why should Black people care about drill music and its effects on the Black community? 
you gotta look at it this way um music is only a form of expression while yes some of it has led to violence but at the same time you gotta look at the history of music and not just drill music all genres of music have some sort of controversy right i feel like it's a scapegoat especially you know when i lived in new york city i felt like um law enforcement used to crack down on drill music instead of um looking at what's causing you know the source of the crimes so the living conditions that some of these young men and women too because there are, there are also women drill rappers you know what the what they're going through why they have to do what they got to do to survive and they're only speaking from experience so you know you can't just criminalize drill music per se because that's just a that's just a form of expression you know so yeah, it yeah. takes me back to the 80s, early 90s, late 80s, early 90s when, uh, you know, we talk about N.W.A., we talk about yeah. Campbell, we talk about uh, th those rappers and how the media labeled it gangsta rap. I mean, yeah. is, this, is, is this what the community has given the name of the music or... Is this another form of the media taking us down? Pop Smoke was perhaps the most well-known drill rapper, and he was murdered in 2020 mm -hmm. at the age of 20. Right. 20. And many other young rappers have recently suffered the same fate. And um, I, I mean, two aspiring drill rappers from the Bronx who were killed just days apart from each other in February. Can their music be blamed for their deaths, Jasiri? Uh, see, I don't, I don't think, I mean, unless you have direct evidence, like Pop Smoke's death wasn't a result of a rap that he wrote. You know what I'm saying? It was unfortunately a robbery um, that he ended up being killed. So we don't know whether or not these, you know, the, the, the reason these rappers were killed in the Bronx was a result of drill music. But I will say, because when you mentioned Gangsta Rock and NWA, like black music has always been politicized and always been looked at differently when you look at the history of music. There was just a case where, you know, I, I, I guess you might call him a drill rapper, NBA young boy uh, was in court and he actually had his, they were trying to use his lyrics against him. He actually had that thrown out because what they did was they actually read lyrics of Johnny Cash that spoke about violence acts that Johnny Cash and they said people who thought that it was a rap lyric looked at it more negatively than if they knew it was a country music song. And so I also think that, you know, if, if you have young black people in, you know, the inner cities and it's easier to get a gun than it is to get a job, you know what I'm saying? That, you know, oftentimes, you know, you're, you have to join a gang because uh, to get protection in your own neighborhood. If those are the conditions that folks are living in and they're speaking on that, like, what do you want them to talk about? Like, how, mm. like do we want artists to talk about things if it's not, you know, and not, not to say that our neighborhoods are all negative or all violent or all criminal. That's not. Not the that's, that's not the reality. But like if folks are dealing with this reality where, you know what I'm saying, it, you know, we're being profiled by police where, you know, unemployment is rising in our community. Like, why would you expect p young people to talk about something different if those conditions are not existing in our neighborhoods and communities? Keisha, um, Jasiri X has a good point when he talks about, because there was recently a law uh, put into and put intact where uh, you can use the lyrics of rap music against uh, someone who's been accused of a crime. And then Jasiri X talked about how the lyric wasn't even the rap lyric. It was a country lyric. 
Um, so do you think this is a, a law that's been put in place to tarnish and hurt and to uh, basically, <laughs> I want to say execute rappers and people in the black community? So what I would say is let's not, you know, let's not act crazy here. We have high homicide rates in black communities. We do. That is a fact. When we have these cases and we have rappers who are participating in that lifestyle, because, you know, apparently you, you need the content, you, you need the stories, you need the, the real life uh story so you can produce the content, right? So if you are participating in this lifestyle, then yeah, it's eventually going to catch up with you. And, you know, back in the day, the, the hood is not the same anymore. I used to live in the Bronx. You know, I used to live in New York City. There was, you know, for lack of a better word, there was a certain type of code that, that used to go on. Nowadays, it is completely and totally different. And so, you know, I, I, I don't like to remove the self-agency that individuals have on their, on their life, talking about all of the exterior reasons why they do this and why, do, why uh, people do that. At the end of the day, we are all responsible for our own actions. And if we, we have to stop putting off uh, this, this responsibility on all these external things and start telling these young men in particular, because that's typically who, you know, where we see the crime happening in, in young men, making them realize that they have to be responsible for their actions. If yeah, I like how you said, Keisha, I, I like how you said is basically is, does art imitate life or does life imitate art? We'll be right back. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack. And the Business of Being Black today is drill music. So rappers Young Thug and Gunna were recently hit with a grand jury indictment in which their lyrics are being used as evidence that they are involved in gang activity. Jasiri X, this is just what we were talking about. Young Thug and Gunna are mainstream hip hop artists, not specifically drill rappers. But does this case prove that rappers are always at risk of being censored? Um, I, I definitely think it adds to that um, um, activity or, or even like that, you know, if, if you're a rapper, you're always looked at in a way as you cannot grow beyond like what you did in the past. And I think that that's some of the yeah. things like if, if we're talking about criminalizing uh, drill music or kind of cutting that off, you're actually cutting off a pathway that a, a, a young black person in our community might have to actual legitimacy. And I say that yeah, to I say- like how you said, you know, it's kind of hard to shed the skin of the past when you're a right. rapper because just recently, uh, Tina Lawson, Beyonce's mother, had to, you know, had to had to come at a fan, or I should say not even a fan, but a foe of Jay-Z's for bringing up <laughs> criminal history when the man has done so much beyond that day, the days uh, uh, of him back in in New York. So absolutely. I was going to say, I'm I'm going to New York this weekend for um, the United Justice Coalition Summit. I mean, here's Jay-Z's Rock Nation putting on a social justice summit, talking about, you know, how we fight back against mass incarceration, bringing together activists. Um, you know, he was one of the founders of reform. And so uh, to me, it's like, what you do is you like stunt somebody's growth. Like, you know, Young Thug and Gunner were from a neighborhood in Atlanta and they did have past experiences, but they were also growing. They also were mat are maturing as men. Young Thug had brought property to do a, um, to do a, um, a, 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 a concert at, you know, he was like trying to build his own city. And so sometimes we look at that and we say, man, like we're getting shut down. And, and some of it is because 
you have folks that may be with you, maybe a part of your entourage, you know what I'm saying? That you're also trying to convince to get out of a particular lifestyle. Maybe you're living. I want you to get in on this. Go ahead. Yes, yes. Um, first of all, I 100% agree with everybody's points. Um, now we're talking about why it's so in this whole thing. You also got to look at it from this way, too. And I'm going to speak on Young Thug. Young Thug has done so much for Lenny. Like, I, I was watching some of the clippings of the court hearing and hearing the kids speak about how great of a person he is. Taking him out of the equation actually might boost the crime rate. So, you know, this whole attack on just hip hop and lyrics and all that, you're, we are, they are really, really, really <laughs> looking to boost the crime rate. And it, it's, it's so sad because, you, you know, like, it's so, it, at the end of the day, music is a form of expression. A lot of these rappers are only speaking from a, you know, a point of pure transparency. And I don't think that, wow, you can, we got to hold some of these young men and women accountable for some of their actions and, you know, with the violence. But at the end of the day, there are other genres of music. And I'm pretty sure some of their lyrics are very, quote unquote, you know, I don't know that I don't know that any genre of music comes as hard and real as rap music. Listen, I'm a hip hop head too, and I, sure. I, you know I can't necessarily say that when I was listening to BB King and them, they was talking about you know, <laughs> yeah. who they shot and holding dollar bills up to their ears. I, I, I can't really say that. Uh, but Keisha, let's talk about let's talk about this, Keisha. Um, is this whole uh, uh, beautiful fantasy that we paint of rappers is it nino brown is it nino brown giving out thanksgiving turkeys but at the same time <laughs> holding down the carter sometimes yes sometimes <laughs> it is i think that's the problem we don't want to keep it real about what's really happening I, let me tell you i i have plenty of friends that used to be in the streets and some of them still in the streets not one of them not a single one of them when they were going to do dirt was listening to precious lord or bb king or anything like that when they were going to to do something they have no business doing they they had certain music that they listened to because it gets you amped up that is the whole point of you know of listening to that you want something that's going to put you in the mindset that of what you're going to yeah. do and that's <laughs> i mean music does that on so many levels but, but Keisha, is that the fault oh, is <laughs> precious lord okay <laughs> is that the fault of the artists because those same you know you can say that about the nba players right you know what i'm saying that Where part. they're yeah. putting the hip hop in and they're getting amped up to play best like right. is that the artist's fault if somebody yes. listens to them and they're on their way to do crime, do, do we blame the art or the artist for that? Or should we? Good what point. I listen, I listen to lose yourself every time I get ready for a show. It pumps me all the way up. Absolutely. There are things that we like to listen to that gets, gets us ready for the moment. What I'm saying is that when, if these rap lyrics are, if they are saying, uh, giving like, you know, premeditated crimes or talking about past crimes, then yeah, it's applicable. But if it's not, if it's strictly art, then let it be that. I'm not saying that they should be prosecuted for, you know, when Frank Sinatra said, fly me to the moon, you know, we know that's not a real thing, but if it's truly art, let it be. Oh, I think we can be flown to the moon now. I think, I think, I think Frank Sinatra was very progressive because we going to the moon now, sis. Listen, yeah, there is a, I want to talk about this charity in England, 
called Tunes, um, uh, called Changing Tunes, uh, which provides prison inmates with instruments, tuition, and space to create wow. music while incarcerated. Now, their CEO said, and I want to quote him here, we've seen amazing examples of when drill music can be used for positive good. It's a jumping off point for discussing what's happening to the inmates and their fears in their lives, where they've been, where they're going. Can drill music serve a positive purpose here, Living Good Living? Yes. Um, are you is are you familiar with Fabio Foreign, the, the rapper? He was good friends with Posmo. He just dropped an album and it shed light on the whole subgenre hip hop as a whole and it, it showcased it to the world and not only it did it change his life, he's bringing his friends, both of them is changing their lives. You know, at the end of the day, dr- again, while there are some drill rappers that are absolutely doing stuff that I don't, and I, I wouldn't really? say is, um, yeah, but, you know, it's, it's a form of expression. Now, rappers like Fabio got to hold, like the younger drill rappers accountable you know, if they're going to make drill music, one, kids are watching them. Kids look up to these drill rappers. Make drill rap not just Yeah, I'm not really a fan of the whole, if you're going to do it, do it for the kids. Like, there are some things that are, are for adults that just yeah. are for kids. And I don't think we should be creating everything that's rated G just because kids are watching. No, oh, no. Right, watch your kids and what no. they watching. Uh, yeah. We're going to talk okay. about Joe Budden when we come back because he thinks this is just a trend, y'all. Welcome back to The Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack. And today, The Business of Being Black is drill music. Please welcome back the CEO of One Hood Media, Jasiri X, and the founder of Mass Exodus Movement, Keisha King, and multimedia entrepreneur and publicist, Living Good Living. So Joe Button says, this is all a trend, y'all. Let me see. Um, he says, this will go away. Don't worry about it. You know, it's all good. We and but you know it's interesting that Joe Button would say that since he is a hip hop head. Um, interesting that he would say that considering that's what mainstream used to say about hip hop itself and rap music altogether. He said it'll be gone in five years. What are your thoughts about that? Living good, living. Hmm. Well, I could see his point, but at the same time, I definitely got your point as well because it's like. You know, we, we really don't know what's going to stay and what's going to go. And I will say since hip hop's the most popular form of music in the world, right? And it sells. At the end of the day, you're not just being, thinking about from a business aspect. You're not going to be like, oh, we're going to get rid of drill music because of, you know, all the controversy. If the money's coming in, the money's coming in. So I don't think it's going to leave. I think it's going to be here to stay. But there will be adjustments to be made so it can stay, you know, and make a positive impact. Yeah. Keisha, do you think this is just a trend? Uh, it'll be, uh, it'll trend as long as the money's coming in. And yep. I, I, I agree with that. And so what I would say to parents, hide your kids, <laughs> hide your kids, because as, if your kids start to listen to this music, if you are not, because your brain is not formed until it's 25 years old. So even as adults, we always have to be careful about what we consume 
in our minds, what we put into our bodies, what we are letting God, if you put garbage in, you're going to get garbage out. If you sit there and you listen to, I do this all the time. When I listen to Biggie, when I listen to Jay-Z and it, and I listen to it over and over and over again, my language starts to change. I start to change. And a child is definitely going to start to change and their mindset will go towards those violent streaks that this music does contain. And let's not be silly and pretend like it doesn't have an effect on society. If you are listening to this stuff over and over and over again, which that's how a lot of times we consume music, even in your subconscious, you can be walking around the house and you, a song will be in your head. You're not really even conscious that you're singing. Girl, I know what you're saying. When I got how powerful music is. And so when, you can't <clears throat> sleep on, you know, this type of music. I'm not saying that, you know, you can't be creative, but we definitely need to have guardrails around our children and young minds. And, and, and yeah, I, I have to say this, I, I, there is something Absolutely. to that. Because I remember, you know, when I got married, I had to stop watching Cheetahs. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that was my favorite show until I got married. I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to ease up off this show. <laughs> but I would also add add to that, you know, if you're talking about, you know, rappers that are platinum and multi-platinum and just like Living Good said, you know, rap is the biggest genre in the world. So people, it's not just people in the inner city that are listening to this and consuming this. People are consuming this all over the world. When you go platinum, there, you know, most studies show that like 85 to 90% of your fans are white. You know what I'm saying? But you they don't had... have the same problems. Um, uh, They don't have the same problems in their community. It's well, different. Wait, I just, I think in your opening, you said like, okay, problems uh, in the hood, problems in different communities. Okay, so if we know that that is a problem, mm-hmm. why in the world would we push more music that perpetuates that problem. So, so I would ask you this. The question is, because you make a great point, why they don't, don't have those problems in those communities? And most of it because they have investments and resources in the community. So I would yeah. argue, it is, I would argue, I would argue, wait, let me, let me, go ahead, finish, let me finish. Let me finish. I would argue that it's not because of rap music, because rap music is being consumed in all neighborhoods. I would argue that you're right. Our neighborhoods do have these problems. I would say that it's systemic white supremacy that exists in this country. It's the oh. lack of investments in our community that exists in this. You can't say no when we've have over 400 years of evidence that shows that uh, there's been disinvestments mm. in black we communities. Talk, you you, you know? just mentioned, we just talked about how wealthy Jay-Z is. You just mentioned uh, Young Thug. You just mentioned multi- Millionaire, I don't want to hear this talk about black people can't achieve because of white people. Ain't oh, I never said black people can't achieve. What they do. We're talking about what is going on today. If Jay-Z can make it, so can anybody. I don't want to hear this nonsense. It, 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 white children or other communities, because there's more other communities than white, they are not experiencing the crime because their families are intact and their fathers are mostly are, are saying, you, uh, no, you, they're not going out at two whoa, o'clock in the you, morning. Do you really? Why? No, I, I, I'm shocked. They're not going out because, at two o'clock in the so, morning so I, I would say on this. a school night. I, I would say this. Go ahead. Let's yield with the theory. Go ahead. Yeah, I would say this. I would say one, like this goes beyond any type of data. If you look at any data, particularly around fatherhood, the data shows that black fathers are actually the most involved out of any community in their child's lives. This is, now I'm not talking about opinion, Keisha. I'm not talking about TV. I'm talking about the actual data shows that. There is data. There also is data. Wait, 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 Keisha, wait a minute, Keisha. Let me finish. Can I finish? Can I I finish? Can I finish? Can I finish? finish? Go ahead, let's let him finish. There's also data shows that with the rise in violence that happened in our community, there's also been a tremendous rise of violence and murder 
murders in rural communities. This is also data that's happening right now. And so I think like we can get caught up in how we feel, but we also have to deal with the data that is in front of us. And so, okay. I mean, and so, well, so, I, I so, so let me say this. wrap this up now because we've got to get to these January 6th committee hearings yeah. prime time. So, Jasiri, uh, yeah. One Hood Media, how can we get uh, get get a hold of One Hood Media? You can go to uh, One Hood, the number one hood.org. I will say you mentioned positive hip hop. We had a hip hop program in our juvenile facility for over for over five years. Unfortunately, COVID, you know, ended that. But we were had a studio inside the juvenile facilities allow young people to express themselves. And that's a positive way we can impact our communities. Keisha King Show podcast. Talk about it. Yes, so I have the Keisha King Show podcast where we discuss faith, culture, and politics all geared towards the next generation and also the massexodusmovement.com. Check it out. Living Good Living, you've got some media opportunities, uh, multimedia opportunities for HBCU graduates. Real quick. Yes, um, it's this platform called the Digilog. It's like, um, basically, it's a platform where you know, people from Black How can we find it? How can we find it? Go to Instagram, look up the Digilog, the D I G I, O L O U G U E, the Digilog. Got it. The Digilog, because we need some multimedia opportunities for graduates out there. Up next, Fox Soul presents January sixth. Committee hearings, prime time. Don't you go anywhere. You're going to love this, or maybe not. That's business of being black.